What is up, people? You are listening to another episode of the Imperial Broadcast. I'm your host, Shamari Stewart, joined, as always, by my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, what's up? What's up, Shamari? We uh, got another episode of the Imperial Broadcast. Um, we uh, had some interesting stories, uh, especially revolving around the uh, Disney Plus streaming service um, and what could be coming to Disney Plus uh, in the Star Wars industry uh, in the coming future. Obviously, we know we have The Mandalorian and you know something about a potential Kathy and Endor Rogue One spinoff, but apparently there's more that could be coming down the pipeline uh, from Lucasfilm to Disney Plus, so we'll talk about that, which I'm excited about. Yes, absolutely. So we will talk about that. Um, uh, that is very exciting. Uh, now Disney Plus just they just um, launched a pre-order today, uh, the day that we're recording this. So if you want to pre-order Disney Plus and see The Mandalorian, you can do that now. Uh, but you I mean I don't really see the benefit of it. But if you can, if you want to. <laughs> um, all right, so might as well jump into our first topic. So that is our first spot topic for today. So uh, this uh, this new show that is being rumored. This is from Jeremy Jeremy Conrad, who uh, is constantly um, I wouldn't say he's leaking things, but he he has sources that seem to be somewhat legit. Um, yeah, especially often. With Marvel, Marvel especially, but uh, Disney. You know, sometimes that includes Star Wars. Yes, exactly. It's all under the Disney umbrella. Um, so he, his sources seem to be legit, at least with regards to the MCU and Marvel-related things, if you're a comic book fan. Um, but, uh, you know, he's apparently he has uh, some scoops with Star Wars as well. So he's hearing, or at least, and he even himself says this is a rumor, but he's hearing that um, that we may get a solo uh, spinoff series on Disney+. Plus. Now, um, you know offhand uh or just off of hearing it and you're hearing solo and more stuff regarding solo um you may cringe and be like oh why didn't really do that great in the box office whatever i don't know i think this could be a good idea i think the the world that they set up in the solo movie is actually um i think it actually fits better in the kind of uh, streaming service show format like if solo were on disney plus instead of a movie i think it would have done much better and i think it would have gotten multiple seasons etc um and more people would have seen it i just think it would have done a lot better but um yeah so i am actually pretty uh hopeful for this i kind of hope this happens um I wouldn't say I was asking for it. Same thing with the solo movie. I wasn't asking for it. But at the same time, just in hearing it, I was like, oh, that could be good. Uh, because, you know, I don't, think, I don't think Solo was a bad movie. I think it was a solid movie. So I would be on board with seeing this Solo spinoff series. Um, so, Kendall, what do you think about the idea of a Solo spinoff series? Um, whenever we talk about a spinoff series of almost anything... I think it's very important that we uh, be specific about what we're talking about. Because, I mean, like, if we made a, a, I don't know, a, a, a The Office spinoff, 
a spinoff of The Office. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it could be a spinoff about Dwight Schrute, who's a very popular character. That could be exciting. Or about Jim and Pam, who are two popular characters. Or it could be, you know, something about Toby. You know, for people that watch <laughs> The Office, and it's like, I mean, I guess it could be funny, but I don't know how that would work. You know, right? <laughs> you know, like, so I. Point being that you know you could say that you're doing a spinoff, but solo. There's a wide range of characters that they could be in story that they could tell that weren't really uh, told in detail during the movie. So, I mean, the solo spinoff. I would assume that means it's not going to star Alden Iron, right? But does a solo spinoff mean a Lando show? That'd be fun. Does it mean a Kira show? I'm a little less excited for that, but you know, it's also a possibility that makes sense. You know, is it a Tobias Beckett show? Or is it a Enfys Nest show? If it's an Enfys Nest show, I, I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's that's the that for me that's where I stand in terms of how I feel about this. I, I do have I would have to see where they are actually going. You know, because they set some things up in solo that could be interesting, but I just tend to lean that. Um, I I guess when I look at the movie Solo. And if you told me they're doing a spinoff of Solo, more or less, I think there I, there aren't many characters that I want them to do. So I don't feel great about it unless they do the characters that I want to see. Like if they do an Orlando show, which I don't think they are, but if they are doing a Orlando show, great. I mean, I don't know if they would say a Solo spinoff because that I mean, while he was vague, that seemed like if they were doing a Orlando show, I, I mean, yes, it's a Solo spinoff with Donald Glover, but it's almost its own story. Because Lando's such a big character, I mean, like, right? I hear you. They'd be like saying like a Chewbacca show is a solo spinoff. Like, I mean, I guess, but I mean, Chewbacca's in other movies, in other movies, so, right? Star Wars spinoff. So, like, a solo spinoff means I think it's something that's specific to the, the story of the movie or something that was introduced in the movie. Um, exactly. We had we we had Jordan Mason from Cineflix who. Uh, he was asked about these rumors about, you know, could we be seeing a Kira show or a Maul show or Crimson Dawn? Could those stories be uh, continued? And he said, I've heard much chatter about Crimson Dawn in general. So obviously Crimson Dawn is the the underground, underworld crime syndicate that was kind of introduced uh, by Maul and Kira in, and uh, what's his name, Dryden Voss. All kind of linked to that, to that, whatever organization they are. Um, they were introduced. Um, it would make sense for them to tell that story in a Disney Plus series, I guess. Um, just, I guess, who's the protagonist? I guess it would have to be Kira. Amelia Clark's already a television actress, so it wouldn't be like above her head to lead a Disney Plus series at this stage, and. I mean, I guess it's a story that people want to see. And you can get more Darth Maul without it feeling forced. Like, with Maul and Obi-Wan, it, just, it feels forced to me. But if you put him in this, it makes sense. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And with regards to Amelia Clark, I mean, we've already got um, Pedro Pascal, who was also on Game of Thrones, working on an, another Star Wars property. Um, so, I mean, you can get these big-name stars... To go and work on this Star Wars stuff. And people like this Star Wars stuff. You know? Um, 
And I think that I think the actors and actresses enjoy playing parts in these movies. At least it seems that way, <laughs> based on the behind the scenes and all the, all the uh, uh, the what call it, all the the gag reels and whatnot. But but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to this. I hope that this is an actual thing. I hope that that they are. Or brainstorming, or because that, that's the stage that I, I think they're in. I, I think they're brainstorming. I think this is on the the theoretical, the, or the hypothetical whiteboard, you know, in Kathleen Kennedy's office, where they're just coming, just spitballing ideas and saying, "What can we do?" I think this is one of the things that's on that. It's on that board. And it's like we could do a solo. Uh, you know, we want to continue solo in some way, shape, or form. And uh, this is what we want to do. And I thought Solo was solid. It didn't perform well money-wise, or at least it didn't perform well with regards to Star Wars standards. But I thought the Solo, I thought the story was solid. So I don't mind if they wanted to continue it. I'm surprised that they're, they want to continue it. They probably wanted to continue it in film, but it just didn't do well enough. So now they're like, okay, well, maybe do something on Disney+. Plus that's less expensive and you do some doing something in that world doesn't have to be as expensive uh with regards to crimson dawn or anything you can do that and you can just have sets you know in this cantina and that planet or whatever you can just you know that doesn't have to be too crazy um but it can still be good because you still have people like paul bettany well no wait no didn't he did he die he died right uh dragon boss yeah yeah I mean, yeah, you do flashbacks. Yeah, you could do flashbacks. Um, uh, but I mean, you could still get people like Ray Park and uh, you know, and other you know, Kira, of course, and other people, other uh, big name people. Lando could still show up. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can do uh, with regards to that. So yeah, hopefully that's an actual thing. Uh, I'd look forward to that. So our second topic has to do. Uh, with uh, the the next uh, George Lucas himself, according to Lucasfilm, Ryan Johnson, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, we got to talk about Ryan Johnson again because he uh, is uh, he's basically putting it out there that he may or may not be working on another film uh, before uh, his before um, uh, before his trilogy comes out for Star Wars. Um, so I believe he said this that when he was talking was talking about his uh, his new movie Knives Out, because uh, and that movie is getting high praise, which I think is a good thing, because I don't think Ryan Johnson's a bad filmmaker. I didn't even dislike yeah. The Last Jedi, but you know people are saying Knives Out is a, is a great film so far, at least with regards to the reviews that I'm seeing. So of course he's promoting that movie, and people are asking. And you him, don't get to direct The Last Jedi if you're a bad director. Exactly. So, you know, people are, are asking him stuff about Star Wars and, you know, da da da. And, and he's basically saying, and he, you know, he was very candid about this. And I was surprised he was, he was so, so candid about this. But he's like, yeah, they, they seem to not really know what's going on with their schedule. So I may actually just do another movie in between the time that I, that I do my trilogy. Now, when I first read this, I was kind of like, what? Um, now, when it comes to them not really knowing what's going on with their schedule, I believe that they may not have exact dates. Um, but I do think there there would... 
I would think that there would be some kind of times table unless, you know, but that has me thinking like, so when is this, is, so is it your movie going to come out in like 2025, 2026? You know, like when is this, when is this trilogy going to get started? He has no idea. That's what it sounds like to me, at least based on the statement that I'm reading, um, which what I said is, is basically what he said almost verbatim that, you know, I may do another movie, but they don't know what they're doing with the schedule. So that's not encouraging. It's very confusing. Um, and I've been questioning for a while, you know, whether this movie is actually going to happen because I don't know why they gave him this trilogy and why or why they're they're sticking to their guns and having him do the tri- do the trilogy. Um like yes, the last Jedi made money, but you know if it's, it, you have to look at the 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 reactions of the audience and the reaction of the critics even, and say okay, you know, is this something? Is this the guy that we want leading the ship? Because I th- that's what a trilogy says to me, a trilogy and an open sandbox. That's what that says to me. You know, that's that's a pretty heavy commitment. But I don't yeah. know. Um, Kendall, what do you think about this? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, the Ryan Johnson stuff, it's, it still feels so far away. And I think this is just more proof of that. Um, the fact that he's still in the news and that they're not burying this and that they're still being vocal about it, either behind the scenes or publicly, candidly, Makes me think that this is a real thing, you know. I don't think that this it always was a real thing because they announced it officially. But right, um, like I don't think it's going away because if they wanted to make this go away, they could have. You know, like Colin Trevorrow was doing episode nine, and then we kind of heard nothing from Colin Trevorrow for <laughs> weeks and months, and you know, eventually it was like, yeah, no, nah, he's not doing it anymore. You know, they may have made that decision, you know, a month before it was announced, but it just kept quiet. Um, so if they really, if they had already made the, the decision to scrap this movie and that this movie was really that much in limbo, I don't think that they would, I don't think reports would be out or I don't think Ryan Johnson would be talking about it. And I don't think, you know, Lucas would be talking about it in any capacity. Uh, they'd be trying to avoid that topic as much as possible, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. So I'm a, I'm a lean towards this is a real thing and that this will happen. Um, it just, this is proof that it's not going to happen in the near future. Uh, so what's the percentage chance that that this Ryan Johnson trilogy happens? All three movies happen, come out, and we get to talk about it. What's up? What's the percentage chance that all of these movies come out and, like, they all are released? Not one, not two, all three come out and we talk about them. A trilogy. Yeah, Ryan Johnson's trilogy, yep. Um, do we know? They, yeah, they confirmed it was a trilogy. They said that it was a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, initially in the press release. Yeah. I mean, yep. I mean, I don't think it's gonna be a trilogy, personally, but um, so I would say it's low. I do think that we will get a Ryan Johnson movie. I feel fairly confident about that, and a lot of times this stuff is based off the success of the first one. You know, I I don't know if it's gonna be good because I don't know what the what story they're telling, but. Um, I, you know, my confidence in whether or not we get a trilogy would be based off of what the story is and 
the actors and other factors. But I, I don't think the plan right now. I think the plan is it's an optional trilogy, probably. <laughs> you know, but um, but I do think we'll get one Ryan Johnson movie. But I don't think it's coming for like twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. 2025 probably more ideal. Uh, I feel the same way. Especially if he's saying he's going to come out with another movie. He has no idea. You know, because movies take time to make. He hasn't started whatever this other theoretical movie is. So if he makes another, starts filming another movie or producing another movie and then the movie comes out you know, and all that. This movie's whatever this movie is that he's thinking about making probably is going to come out at least for a couple of years. So we're probably looking at 2020, late 2021, maybe early 2022 at the at the earliest. And, you know, so the, so this Star Wars movie is also going to take time to make. So we're not pro- we're not going to see this movie for a while. So I, when it comes to the chances that this trilogy of movies happens, um, uh, let's see. Uh, I give, I give it, honestly, I think it's 50, 50. I think I kind of agree with you. I think it's the chances are high that his movie comes out. Cause he seemed dead set on this is our guy. I'm not sure why, but they do. Um, and uh, but when it comes to the trilogy, I mean, I think if the fans are vocal enough, because the fans are not with Ryan, the the fans are not with Ryan Johnson right now. They're just not. So maybe Knives Out can help with that. I don't know. Because Knives Out right now is getting very good reviews. If he comes out with another movie that may also get very good reviews. So maybe they can that can at least be something where people are like, okay, can at least say, look, the guy isn't a bad filmmaker. He can make good movies. You know, he just has to tell a better Star Wars story, maybe. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I When it comes to all three of those movies, I, I don't know. The fans got to like it. I really I think that's really crucial. I think if he makes more movies that the fans are just, just, just think it's terrible, then I don't think they're going to make two more of them. Because it's gonna it's gonna leak and, and it's gonna it's gonna sour this the whole the whole feeling of the, you already have people now saying Ryan Johnson ruined Star Wars, which right. is these Star Wars fans I don't know why they say stuff like that but you already got people now saying Ryan Johnson ruined Star Wars. The hardest to ruin anything that's that popular. You know, like really, you know, but people are saying that stuff. You already have people saying that now. So I mean, imagine if this guy makes one or two more movies that people think are bad. That fans who love this franchise think are just terrible. So I don't know, and not not just a section of the fan base, a big portion of the fan base, half maybe even more than half of the fan base think is just terrible. That I I don't think that would be good for the Star Wars culture at all. So um, yeah, we'll see we'll see what Disney does with regards to Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Uh, so the next topic we had to talk about. So Charles Soule, who's writing the Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren um, limited comic book series that's coming out in December, was at uh, Fan Expo Toronto. And he was talking about uh, the series. He talked about the series quite a bit. So I'm going to try to do a Cliff Notes version of it. 
because there's a lot of quotes here. It's a lot of very detailed, interesting stuff. Um, uh, but basically, he says uh, um, uh, the story is about Ben Solo uh, understanding the choices that he made. You know, he mentions that people uh, saw the potential in him from the day he was born and were just tr- kind of just trying to mold him. Uh, and that he was put on all these different paths. You know, uh, he mentions the, the Knights of Ren. With regards to them, he says people aren't really going to have, he doesn't expect people to have any kind of affection for them. But he says, like, they're not good people, but they are people. So that kind of implies to me that he's going to try to humanize them on some level, which I think is smart. You know, I'm kind of get, I'm kind of getting tired of just, you know, goons, just, just, just random goons that are just, you know, part of his gang and it's like come on like there's got to be something more to these people so um so yeah i'm very much looking forward to that and i fully expect charles soul to to try to add some more detail with regards to that um uh so that should be fun they make they kind of make comparisons and parallels to this series and then anakin and obi-wan which i also thought was fantastic um and even darth vader comparisons to the inquisitors in the Vader comic series and then the Knights of Ren in this series. And, um, uh, I, I like that comparison. I really hope that that is something that is, um, uh, cause I thought he did a great job with the inquisitors in Darth Vader. So I hope the Knights of Ren get a similar treatment here. I know this is, I think this is only four, four issues. So I know it's very limited. The Vader was 25 issues. But um, you know, I hope the Knights of Ren get some kind of uh, some kind of d- detail added to them in a similar way. Because I thought you did a great job with the Inquisitors. And uh, they also mention uh, his, um, uh, you know, how he submits his stories to the story group, and we kind of get some detail as to how that process works, which I think is fascinating as well. Um, so he says, he says, any, and this is this I'm reading the quote because I think this is fascinating. Uh, any significant change in Star Wars that isn't just a little shade of a character that we know really well, it's verified to make sure that it feels like Star Wars, that it fits within the Star Wars universe, uh, that it balances within the story universe, and that it isn't in conflict with the story group. He says, so you're in this weird game of chess with invisible chess players. You can't see the moves, and the only people who have a sense of the board are not really playing it with the story. So, so that's that's kind of a very interesting uh, analogy that he uses there. But um, so we kind of get a glimpse of how the story group works, which I mean I figured it it kind of worked that way. But um, you know the people they write their material, whatever they want to write, um, and then it gets sent to the story group who have to vet it and make sure that it fits you know within you know what whatever uh, overarching story they make sure there's no contradictions they make sure that it feels like star wars you know they make they they check it basically before it is even released so i think that's fascinating uh but Kenno, do you have any thoughts or feelings with regards to what charles soul was saying at this expo um i mean one thing that was interesting is that it seems like he knows what's gonna happen with Kylie Ren and, and Rise of Skywalker. So I feel like that's 
the fact that that is like the fact that that was kind of insinuated uh you know it basically said that he got an outline of where Kylo's story is going to go in the Rise of Skywalker it makes me think that it's a, he's going to have a significant story which I guess maybe isn't a surprise but just I don't think this is going to be a general Huck situation where he kind of goes from A to B but he's kind of the same character I think could is either one going to be a roller coaster, kind of the last movie was for Kylo Ren, or I think it'll be like I think there'll be a major moment that happens towards the end that um, gets encompassed, that gets kind of you know like all like woven together with this story and on some capacity. Because why would this story be re- relevant to Kylo Ren's fate in the Rise of Skywalker unless? something major happened. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I actually left this out. I probably should include this as well. But he actually says um, that he gets uh, a series of bullet points from the filmmakers of The Rise of Skywalker with regards to where the characters' stories are going to be at the end of the saga. So they tell him, yeah, this is what's going to happen to Kylo Ren. <laughs> so you have to write around this you know, and then he see writes it, sends it to the story group. They make sure it's all okay, and then um, the story gets printed, sold, all that. Um, but uh, I am uh, ve- I'm very very encouraged uh, by these statements that he made. Um, I think that he is. Uh, I think based on the approach that he's taken with Anakin and Obi Wan. With um, Darth with Darth Vader, I think I, I, honestly I kind of think he's a perfect person to work on this kind of story. Um, I think it's right up his alley. I feel like he did a. I feel like this is going to be kind of a, like a blend of both, honestly, because Anakin and Obi Wan right. focus a lot on, on Anakin and how he was kind of um, not unstable, but he was very, um, you know, he was very, you know, immature, and he kind of had the same temperamental issues. That Kylo Ren struggles with, but how Obi Wan was kind of like that guiding force, trying to lead him down the right path. Um, whereas Ben, Luke was kind of trying to be that figure, but it just did not work. And I guess we'll see, you know, how that progresses. Um, but I still, I, I think this is, I think this could be. I, 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 I'm very excited for this, but I'm also very kind of sad that this is such a limited run. I wish this, I wish this could have been like a 25 issue. I think he could have told quite a story with regards to Kylo Ren, but um, uh, and this is also a slight thing, but I don't think they want to be outshined. I think they want because <laughs> I like honestly, Charles Soule is a fantastic writer. I don't think they want anybody. I think pe- they want people to focus on the films. I think they don't want people, you know, to feel like you know. Um, any any kind of added medium, whether it's TV, whether it's uh, books, whether it's comics, that it's required reading or required viewing for you to understand the the characters in the films. Like they want the films to feel whole, but for these stories to be ex- very much extra stories, um, but stories that could add characters to these people. So, um, but yeah, I ugh, I absolutely cannot wait uh, for. Uh, for this uh, comic series to come out, I think it's going to be spectacular, and 
I kind of just wanted it to come out. I keep hearing all this all this news. Charles Soule keeps saying all this stuff. I'm just like, okay, I'm ready for this to come out. Um, all right, so we have some resistance, some Star Wars resistance news. Uh, speaking of resistance, the uh, the show is actually going to come back in a couple of weeks, so we'll be talking about the premiere very soon, uh, which I keep forgetting about, but that's fast approaching. So yeah. we will be able to we will start reviewing resistance every week, very soon as usual. Uh, but this is the final season, so it'll be the last season that we'll be reviewing. But uh, Star Wars Resistance won a Saturn Award, uh, which is um, uh, which is very significant. I'm going to look up what exactly that award was. I just heard that they won the Saturn Award, but they did win a Saturn Award, um, and they were also nominated for an Emmy, which I think is also very significant. The Emmy that were, they were nominated for was Outstanding. Uh, children's program. That and, sounds fair. Yeah, and uh, though I, what I find funny is they lost to uh, "When You Wish Upon a Pickle," a Sesame Street special. Look, man, that's tough comp. It's tough comp. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even can't even front. It's, it's a hard, <laughs> hard matchup. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Um, it's still look. Anytime you're nominated for an award. On such a grandiose level like the Emmys, I mean, it's it's uh, it's an honor and means you're doing something right. Uh, like, I mean, the Saturn Award was Best Animated Television Series. I don't right. know who they beat out, but that's that's a fairly broad spectrum. So yeah, that's pretty significant. I mean, <laughs> look, I mean, look, I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad they like it, man. <laughs> that's all I'll say. <laughs> glad they like it. Look, um, it, it had its moments. Definitely had its moments, man. I mean, yeah. I don't know which episodes they watched. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'm sure they they must have went to Disney and said, "Yeah, we'll take a couple hundred thousand." No, uh, <laughs> they went to Disney and they said, "Look, give us you know your three best episodes." And there there are three, four episodes in there that they can show that would that look like really strong animation and really strong storytelling, right? Uh, um, but if they pick three random episodes, they they may probably the percentages are not in their favor for them to pick out a good episode. So that's where I'm. I I don't know. As someone who we watch this show, we watch every episode of the series. That I mean, I don't know. I don't consider it a great uh, animated show. But again, I'm also you know I also don't know what, what the other candidates were. Checking now, but uh, it was DuckTales, Archer, Family Guy, and The Simpsons. Oh, that's a very lazy list, by the way. That is, uh, that's some tough competition for Star Wars Resistance. Yeah, it's tough competition. I, I... Yeah, I don't know. That shows you how, me. It shows you the shape that Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon are in. Couldn't even get one series, you couldn't get one series nominated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's not. Yeah, it's not embarrassing that or not embarrassing. It's not like it doesn't. It's not nothing that they won. This it, it's impressive. You know, I mean, yeah, most experts will tell you Family Guy and Simpsons have fallen off. I don't think that's yeah. a bold statement. Uh, for good things about Archer and you know Ducktales, obviously is a cult classic. So um, it's definitely meaningful. Past winners, actually, last year Star Wars Rebels won. It, so. Um, and the year before that, start. Yeah, I don't know. 
rebel one place. <laughs> kind of, kind of. You think something's going on here? It's fishy, man. <laughs> that is very, very fishy. And what's funny is the last few seasons of Rebels were not like okay. The last season was okay, but I mean the third season, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if that that deserved any award. You know, right. that was the season they introduced Thrawn, which I like Thrawn, but everything else about the season was, I don't know, very questionable. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I. Ugh. When it comes to resistance, I think it had its moments. I thought the finale was good. I thought the premiere was solid. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and it had its, you know, its moments during the series, but um when it's all said and done, it is absolutely at its heart a kid's show. Which look, if that's what they're going for, similar to Freemaker Adventures, you know, it's Completely, but difference is Freemaker Adventures is completely non-canon and and completely most well, I say completely, uh, mostly ninety percent based on just comic relief and making you laugh, making you feel nostalgia, that kind of thing. Uh, this show presents itself as something you know that is also for kids, but it is is canon and very relevant to the movies that are coming out now. But like almost nothing significant happens um, to in the characters. I mean, the characters develop, but so slowly, and there's so much minutia and just stuff that happens. It's this episode, full whole episodes that where just nothing happens, or nothing that you care about <laughs> happens, and it's just like ah. Uh, you know, it just it kind of drags the series down. I'm surprised that it won this award, but look, I'm not going to hate. Um, you know, I give my my congrats to all the people that work on the show, and the animation is spectacular. I love the animation. So the, with that alone, I do think it absolutely has. Yeah, the, upper the animation hand. in terms of like quality and in terms of like competition, like if it won an award for best animated television series, like well, that's what they did win, but if they won. Mm-hmm best animation for a television series i would be like that 100 yeah. makes sense yeah the animation is beautiful uh they probably put more into that than they did in the story sometimes and you know there's nothing wrong with that in some on some level because it it, it shows that you know the animation is extremely high quality absolutely like all-time great on 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 a, on a certain level like yeah. IMDb, like again, IMDb isn't the end all be all, obviously. But two thousand after two point four thousand ratings out of ten, Star Wars Rebels only has a four point nine out of ten. So, I mean, again, I'm not saying it's a bad show. I like I I like Star Wars Rebels. I don't love it, but I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna like on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a ninety two percent. So, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes television, I don't really. Uh, I don't know how to, you know, kind of calibrate that to what it would mean for a movie, but um, I don't know. I just, you know, it winning, uh, like, nominations, I understand, because, you know, there's five, and it's not a bad show, and animation more or less is, has dropped, so I understand that, but, um, like, I, I just feel like the, uh, it winning it, it's it's surprising. It's surprising. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. But 
look, hey, you know, season two might be great. <laughs> uh, you never know. We got some some cool looking stuff in the trailers. We know Kylo Ren is coming. So we got some interesting stuff on the horizon. So we'll be reviewing that soon. And, you know, we'll be able to, to um, see what at least the beginning of, of what they had planned for the show. I don't know if it got canned or if they always planned for it to be two seasons. But we'll at least see what happens in season two, and we'll be able to review that as well. Um, all right, so next we have uh, is a new comic book series coming in December. It's called Star Wars Empire Ascendant. This series will be uh, basically wrapping up the uh, the series of uh, the the regular ongoing Marvel. Star Wars comic book series, um, and the Doctor Afra uh, Star Wars comic book series. Um, they'll both be ending in November, um, but of course, both the regular, the main Star Wars cast, and the and Doctor Afra will also make an appearance. It's also going to wrap up the Target Vader, which I have not started. Um, that one I'm so behind on. I'm thinking about just waiting until that's completely done, and then just buying the volumes of that. And reading that, but the, that will also be wrapped up in this uh, in this comic that will be coming out uh, in December. Um, now, Afra, I think, has been very solid. I, I wouldn't say it's been fantastic. Some people are, are just some people love Afra. I'm not one of those people. I think she's I think she's a good character. I think she's a, a very welcome addition to the Star Wars universe. I feel like. In the comic series, some of the hijinks that she's been involved in has been so absurd where I'm just like, how are you alive? What? There's no way. It's just it's just so it's kind of like overly it's like over the top, like, you know, like just you should not be alive right now. So, you know, in in that in that fashion, because she's constantly betraying people, lying to people. Um, but then she'll show she has some kind of heart, but then she'll lie again and cheat again and whatever and, and somehow get away. Um, but that that kind of stuff is fine, but to an extent. And I think that they have kind of, uh, in the series, they've milked that to the umpteenth degree and to the point where it's almost like it's like the, the it's completely uh, unrealistic and it's hard for me to even ex- I. I'm reading it. I'm just like she's just never gonna die. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when this comic series is gonna end. If it's this comic series is gonna end, and the same thing is kind of going on with this the regular Star Wars series, where it takes place between uh, A New Hope and Empire. But I mean, how many people is Luke gonna fight with his lightsaber before Empire? You know, like how all this stuff happened before Empire even happened. You know, he's fighting all these people. You know, barely escaping with his life, he'd be traumatized. He'd be so traumatized by Empire if he almost died this many times. You know, so I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Sometimes I, I think it's a good that they're that that series is going to come to a close as well. I mean, they can still come out with other things. They're still coming out with this Kylo Ren series. They can still come out with more series series is um, about some of these other uh, Age of Resistance characters. And we can still learn more about that, but I think this this Star Wars comic and this 
Afrocomic. I think it's appropriate uh, to end them where they are now. Um, but Keno, do you have any thoughts with regards to this Empire Ascendant uh, comic and the and the fact that the those other comics are coming to a close? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't have much to say. But I mean, all I can say is, you know, now that those are are in fact coming to a close, you know, you would think that they have to fill the void on some level. So, and, you know, I guess I'm just interested to see what other stories they have coming up. You know, obviously Marvel's working on, going to be working on something uh, Star Wars related, but, right. uh, you know, what other stories do they want to tell? You know, will be characters introduced to Ryan Skywalker? Right, yeah. Pistons? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we will see. I mean, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what what other stories they're going to tell, uh, if they're going to start up another Star Wars comic series. Uh, it can still be Star Wars, but maybe it'll it won't be the original three, or maybe it will be the original three, but after Empire or you know whatever. So they could definitely. Um, uh, there's a lot of options. They have a lot of options. Um, I'm hoping to see more stuff relating to this new trilogy because this is the era we're in now. You know, they keep going back to the past and look. I mean, uh, I love the original movies. I love the prequel movies. Um, but this this is the era we're in now. I want more new content to explain what's happening now because I feel like, especially, and I felt this way, especially after The Force Awakens came out and I felt so devoid of any kind of information with regards to what the universe is, what the state of the universe is and what's going on. Um, you know, I feel like the saga is almost over. You know, I feel like we should have more information with regards to this now. You know, I'm not saying they have to fill in every every check every box, fill in every every single little blank. But you know, this stuff shouldn't be as much of a mystery as it is. Um, you know, I feel like they've told a lot of stories with regards to the First Order. Uh, we have no idea what the heck is going on with Snoke. They may they may do that and tell that story in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, I I personally think they will on, on to some extent. You know, they're not going to go into great detail about it, but I think it will be mentioned. Um, but I think a story like that, you know, that's not something you just mention in passing and then I just get it and move on. Like, I want to know more about what the heck, who is this guy? How is he so powerful? You know, so, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, you know, the stuff like, like him and, you know, we got some details with regards to the rise of the first order, but I mean, not a whole lot, um, uh, more information on the, uh, resistance and Luke and, you know, uh, you know what the situation is with him uh, and and these this new Jedi Academy, right? Um, you know, a lot a lot of stuff that is just not uh, explained. Um, so I hope we get some of that explained <laughs> in some of these new uh, comic series. Because I'm sure they'll come out with more comic series. I mean, uh, uh, they they want us they want to keep providing us with more material which i'm very thankful for so i'm sure they'll come out with more stories and i hope we get a lot more stuff in this era that is absolutely absolutely 100% what i'm hoping for um so this week i want to talk about the uh Ro- the rose tico comic and the ray comic these are both age of resistance comics so they're both one shot comics um I am going to go into brief spoilers if you care about spoilers. I'm not going to, you know, 
course, there's a lot more detail involved in the comics, so by all means, read the comics. But, um, you know, I am going to go into spoilers, so that's a spoiler warning. Um, I actually thought the Rose Tico comic was better than the Ray comic, uh, which is is ridiculous. <laughs> but I did, honestly. Um, uh, they're both written by the same person. But um, I thought the Rose Tico comic was very well. And part of the reason is, uh, you know, and, and with Ray, I mean, they're going to tell, they want to tell her story in the movies. Right. So the the comic isn't going to give any kind of crazy, oh my, it's not going to drop some crazy bombshell on me. You know, it's going to be more one shot type thing. Yeah, one shot. Oh, she met this thing and had to fight this thing or something randomly. And that's it. You know, it's not going to give any kind of real detail. Um, The Rose Sequel comic did give detail, a lot of detail. (laughs) Um, So it shows what planet she grew up on. Who her parents were, her growing up with her sister, what they did, how close they were, um, what happened to her planet. The First Order showed up and basically destroyed her planet. Uh, you know, it's a very sad, touching story. You know, and Leia kind of was talking to her and her sister because she's like, "Listen, if anyone can relate to you, it's me." <laughs> you know, which is true. You know, and she's like, "You don't want it because they were just going to go fly off and try to attack the first First Order thing that they saw." But she told them, "She's like, no, that's not how you." Fight them. You fight them by being smart. You fight them by being a thorn in their side for as long as you possibly can and not just going off and dying. You know, and, and I thought that was really, really touching and really, really well told. And um, so I thought that comic was actually very good. I thought it was really, really well told. It got me more interested in the Rose character, which is a complaint that a lot of people had with regards to, to The Last Jedi. They're like, who is she? I don't care about her. Da-da-da. I don't know. I mean, I. Well, I agree. I think she probably could have used a, a lot more, uh, a lot more uh, fleshing out because there wasn't really much to her. Uh, besides, you know, she met up with Finn and they got in some kind of hijinks, and then that was it. But, um, uh, but yeah, I thought this comic was really, really good. I thought it was very good um, to the point where I'm like, I want to know more about maybe not necessarily her background, though. Maybe her background. I don't know. Or maybe what her and her sister did in the Resistance. I might actually check out that book now, Cobalt Squadron, that came out. Um, uh, Because before I kind of had very little to no interest, (laughs) if I'm being completely honest. Because I know it's regarding Rose and and her sister and them in the Resistance. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll check it out. But now I'm like, oh, maybe I'll check it out. You know, so I thought this was really, really uh, well done. The Ray comic... Eh, it was okay. I mean, her and Chewie. It takes place after at, at the end of the Force Awakens. Her and Chewie, when they go to look for Luke, um, uh, they get they get uh, ripped out, of, pulled out of hyperspace by this alien who tries to set up some kind of scheme where they need another you know compressor or something for the Millennium Falcon. The thing tricks Ray into having her try to fight some kind of giant monster and tries to have the monster eat her and then tries to just take the ship. But, you know, Ray escapes the monster. She doesn't even fight it. She just runs away and just gets away. And she does a giant mind trick on the thing, on the alien, to get the alien to release all the slaves that the alien had and to let them go. And that was basically the comic. And I was like, oh, boy, okay. That's going to disappoint anybody that was, like, really looking forward to this comic. Um, I wasn't. 
I mean, I kind of figured it would be something more minor. Um, but boy, that was this. Uh, the comic was completely insignificant w- from a canon perspective. <laughs> if I'm just being blunt, like it just was nothing. You know, it was just an extra story. Well, I mean, I thought it was. Uh, I mean, I thought it was fine. Um, the art was good. You know, she talked with Leia for a bit. She talked about the Han Solo dying on the bridge, and you got kind of get to see Ray tell Leia exactly what happened. So that was touching. But um, outside of that, it was just a random. Random encounter that really means nothing. Uh, but I thought they were, those were okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Kind of, do you have any have any thoughts on that at all? Uh, I mean, it's a little surprising here that a Rose Tico comic was good, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I guess any story proves that any any character, any story can be told well enough. The writer did a good good enough job, so. Um, but yeah, yeah that's, all, that's all I really have. All right. Uh, so that will do it for this week's show. Um, next week is the uh, that's the last week before Resistance comes out. Um, so we won't be talking about Resistance next week, but every week following the next show, we will be talking about Resistance, at least until the series ends. So it won't be forever, but uh, but we will be start start reviewing Resistance. And we'll have that to talk about every week. Um, uh, next week, I will also be talking about the Kylo Ren comic because that is something I'm very much looking forward to. Um, we know they're telling the Kylo Ren story in this Kylo Ren, the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book series. Um, and, but hey, maybe we'll get some more details in this comic. I mean, Kylo Ren was heavily featured in the Snoke comic. So. Um, you know, we'll probably get a lot more of him in this comic. So I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to talking about it. Um, all right. So that's going to do it for this one. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, please check out uh, some of our other podcasts as well on the network. We've got Star Wars. We've got, uh, well, this is Star Wars podcast. We've got we got uh, superhero podcasts, a new generation hero talk if you're into superheroes. And we have a sports podcast, new generation sports talk. Uh, if you're into sports so please check that out Um, again thank you for listening Uh, I'm Shamari joined by Kendall we will see you guys next time peace